From pediatrics to geriatrics, Maine Medical Center is centered around you. Welcome to MMC Radio, your trusted source for healthcare news and tips. Here's Melanie Cole. Every year, thousands of people visit our nation's emergency departments after suffering a fall and a fractured hip. For many of those patients, the more effective treatment, both health and cost-wise, is to undergo minimally invasive anterolateral hip replacement rather than be treated as a fracture or a trauma patient. My guest today is Dr. Adam Rana. He's a fellowship-trained orthopedic surgeon at Maine Medical Center. Welcome to the show, Dr. Rana. So tell us a little bit about hip fractures. What's involved, and then what are the treatments? Well, thank you for having me on the show uh, today, Melanie. Uh, In terms of hip fractures, the hip fracture is when uh, someone falls, landing onto their side and breaking a uh, portion of their hip. It can either be at the uh, neck uh, or trochanteric uh, region of their hip. Um, those patients that fall and break what's called the neck uh, of the hip um, oftentimes do require surgery. Uh, sometimes that surgery can be in the form of screws uh, placement to stabilize the fracture. Sometimes it can involve half a hip replacement or a hemiarthroplasty, and sometimes it requires a total hip arthroplasty. So tell us a little bit about what would predispose somebody to needing a total hip arthroplasty versus, you know, this anterior way, and which way gives a better recovery time? So in terms of a, a total hip arthroplasty, we do total hip arthroplasties after hip fractures, and people in their 50s, 60s, 70s, uh, and those in their 80s that are physiologically younger. If you look at the studies, people do better with a total hip replacement after a femoral neck uh, fracture. Um, In terms of the approach to do the procedure, uh, there are different ways to do the uh, approach. One is a traditional or a posterior approach where you cut through muscles and repair the muscles at the end of the procedure. The other uh, option is one that we've uh, pioneered here over at Maine Medical Center in terms of uh, muscle sparing anterior lateral approach. This is the advantage of uh, going around the muscle groups perform the hip replacements, um, which results in less pain, earlier mobility, and no hip precautions following the surgery. Dr. Rana, tell us a little bit about the anterolateral approach. What's involved as far as getting ready for it? Is there something you like patients to do? Do they, you know, rest before it? Do they work their hip a little bit? Is there anything that, that they need to know before they would consider this type of treatment? So in terms of uh, the particular approach, the anterior lateral approach, uh, as I mentioned, the approach going in between two muscle groups, and we can do it either for people that have osteoarthritis, where that's somebody that's an elective procedure, so prior to surgery, uh, like people to be as conditioned as possible. Uh, However, in the hip fracture population, nobody prepares themselves to have a hip fracture, so those uh, individuals don't have uh, the uh, time uh, to prepare for surgery. However, uh, what my approach is, is after surgery, I try to treat both patients the same. Following the procedure, we uh, have patients get up and walk with a walker a few hours after surgery. Uh, I think it's important mentally and physically for people to be reassured that, A, they have a stable hip, uh, and B, that the uh, pain, uh, that they don't have pain once they um, uh once they're ambulating after the surgery. The pain that they'll be experiencing is from the incision and not from the fracture, if it's a hip fracture case, or the 
groin-related pain in the osteoarthritis-related case. So a benefit of leaving the muscles intact, does the joint have more stability after the surgery, doctor? Yep. So along the lines of the uh, stability of the hip joint, since we keep the uh, muscles intact, the stability uh, of the hip joint is uh, improved. If you look at the orthopedic literature, uh, the studies show less than uh, 1% uh, risk of uh, dislocation with um, the anterior lateral approach, whereas the literature has anywhere from 2 to 4% dislocation rates with the traditional uh, posterior uh, hip replacement approach. So is the anterior approach being done more often now? I, I don't see what the... Why would someone choose the posterior approach at this point? So that's a good question, Melanie. In terms of the approaches, uh, there's the traditional approach, uh, I would say, was performed approximately 60% of the time in the United States, um, if you look at the averages. The direct anterior approach, which is another muscle-sparing approach, is approximately 20 to 30% of the time. Uh, and the uh, muscle-sparing anterior lateral approach actually has a small segment, uh, sub-segment of the uh, total hips that are done, probably 5% of uh, cases. And there's another anterior lateral approach which does cut through muscles that not, I'm not referring to right now, but that makes up about 10 15% of the uh, total hips that are getting done. In terms of who um, uh, is a candidate for uh, the muscle sparing approaches, the one that we do uh, here at Maine Medical Center, the anterior lateral approach, is one that I've found to be pretty much universally applicable to my patients. I don't have to um, uh, select out patients that are too large. I can do this type of uh, approach in all of my uh, patients, whether they're hip fractures, whether they're small people with osteoarthritis or larger people with uh, osteoarthritis. Um, and uh, in terms of why it's not being universally uh, used, uh, A, it's uh, a little more uh, technically demanding, I believe, uh, and there is a learning curve that's associated with it, so it can be um, challenging for certain uh, surgeons that are more comfortable with the uh, traditional uh, posterior approach, uh, which uh, I believe is uh, slightly less uh, technically demanding. So tell us about the rehab. Is there a difference for the anterior hip replacement surgery versus the traditional method? What's rehab like and how long can they resume normal activity? So in terms of what I tell my patients after a surgery, uh, they're all weight-bearing as tolerated, or the majority of them are weight-bearing as tolerated following the procedure. They'll use a, a walker for uh, the first one to two weeks transition from a walker to a cane. Um, our patients uh, at Maine Medical Center will stay a uh, day in the hospital and then uh, go home. I prefer my patients going home following surgery. About 90 to 92 percent of my patients go home the day after. Uh, I think home is a better place to uh, recover with uh, home meals, home bed, and home uh, amenities. Um, we set up a visiting therapist to go to the house two to three times a week, first two weeks, and then we begin outpatient physical therapy at the two-week mark. Uh, I see people back at two weeks, six weeks, and three months. And in terms of the progression of their activities, they'll wean off of the walker or the, uh, at the one to two week mark. The cane, they'll wean off at the two to three week mark. And then usually by the uh, six week mark, they're approximately 80% recovered walking, uh, in most cases, without a, without a cane. Um, in terms of resuming full activity levels that typically occurs between the uh, 
10 to uh, 16-week mark. It takes about six weeks to 12 weeks in order for the bone to grow into the implants that we use. So I don't like a lot of stress being placed on the implants um, during the first six to 12 weeks after uh, the procedure. So how long does the new hip last? Is this something that will ever have to be redone? I guess it certainly would depend on the age of the patient, but typically with this anterior approach, is it something that's going to last the rest of their life? So that's a good question. In terms of the longevity, that particular approach is not the uh, key determinant in terms of how long the uh, implants last. What I tell my patients is that there are three factors that determine how long the implants last. One is the surgeon putting the implants in appropriately uh, so that biomechanically there's the least amount of wear on the implants. And two and three are patient-specific factors. So one is weight. We tell our patients to keep their weight uh, to lower levels. And two is activity level. I want my patients to be active. I want them walking, hiking, swimming, biking. I don't want them running uh, long distance such as marathons. In terms of the uh, literature and uh, how long the implants are lasting now, I tell patients that there's a 90 to 95% likelihood they'll last 10 years, um, 85 to 90% likelihood they'll last uh, 20 years, and uh, 70 to 80% likelihood they'll last 30 years. But as we're seeing with some of the materials we're using nowadays, they are lasting longer than um, prior uh, materials. So I think we've improved on the uh, material front, which should in turn result in uh, longer longevity with the implants. And Dr. Rana, in just the last minute, please give your best advice for people considering a hip replacement and why they should come to Maine Medical Center for the anterolateral approach. So in terms of um, uh, choosing a hospital in an elective setting, I think there are certain keys that a patient should look at for um, the surgeon in the hospital setting. They should look at centers that do a large experience is an important factor. So the number of cases that the surgeon does, you want to have a surgeon that does 200-plus uh, uh, hip uh, and or knee replacements a year. So a larger volume hospital is important. Uh, two is you want to look at the uh, outcome metrics for the group. At Maine Medical Center, we pay very close attention to our uh, quality metrics. We look at our uh, complication rates, such as uh, infection rates, and we have some of the lowest infection rates uh, in the country based on a recent CMS, uh, Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, study. Um, also, you want to look at the length of stay for patients. We have uh, a 1.2 length of stay, uh, day length of stay uh, for our hip replacement uh, patients, um, which is uh, also significantly less than the national averages. Um, and uh, you also want to look at uh, other factors such as transfusion rates, which are uh, uh, extremely low at Maine Medical Center. So looking at the surgeon experience and her volume as well as quality metrics are very important uh, when determining uh, the surgeon in the hospital that uh, a patient should uh, evaluate for this type of situation. Thank you so much. You're listening to MMC Radio. And for more information, you can go to mainmedicalcenter.org. That's mainmedicalcenter.org, mmc.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day. <laughs>